Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, travelers, or as they say in Peru, hola viajeros. Welcome to episode 16 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're taking you to Cusco, Peru. Cusco has so much to offer. It's filled with so much culture, history, and so much fun. In this episode, we're going to tell you about acclimating to the altitude, must-dos of the city, and all of the mishaps that happened along the way. This was actually our very first Travel Squad trip, and we did this trip in conjunction with the trek on the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu, and we used Cusco as kind of like a base camp for a few days before so we can get acclimated to the altitude, but you can listen to all of our stories about the Inca Trail trek on episode 10 if you want to hear all about that, but this is going to be about Cusco itself. Yeah, and we took this trip in June of 2016, and it was the perfect time to go. The weather in June in Cusco can be varying, it can be warm, and then it can be rainy just as well. But overall, June is seen as one of the best times of the year to go to Cusco. And there's plenty to keep you occupied in the city just as well. Things and people. (laughs) (laughs) so what are some things that everyone has to know about travel tips what to pack for cusco i think the number one thing to know is that cusco is at an altitude higher than machu picchu so it's a good place to get acclimated if that's the way that you're going to go and and what you should know is to bring altitude sickness medication with you so you don't absolutely suffer from altitude sickness Yes. And one thing that you should know for side effects of altitude sickness pills is it makes you pee like a mother. But oh my take God. them. Yes. Take them. I was taking the pill at night and I remember waking up every few hours to take a fucking piss. Yeah. <laughs> and Already in the bathroom talk today. <laughs> can our listeners expect anything less from us other than talking about the bathroom? I don't think so. So we got to keep true to that. And it's actually important for the story. It's very important for the story and obviously as a side effect of the altitude sickness pills. But like Brittany was saying, really high altitude. Cusco's at an altitude of a little over 11,000 feet. So they say you can start getting altitude sickness at around, you know, 7,000, 8,000. So you're already 3,000 feet above that. So don't take that lightly. You'll definitely at least experience it in some sort of way, especially if you're going to be doing physical activity. One of the things that they told us, I don't know, I can't really verify it because I ate a lot and I drank a lot, but they say that you burn up to 25% more calories in that altitude. So I said, you can eat 25% more then. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what I did after that? I went to the store and I bought cookies. <laughs> it also suppresses some of your appetite as well, being at that altitude. It does. So just a little background of what altitude sickness is. It's when you feel sick because of being in high altitude and your body can't acclimate to it. So you might feel sleepy, nauseous. You might vomit. You may have a really rapid heart rate. Our fingers were going numb. Our fingers fingers and our toes. 
Yeah, and shortness of breath, shortness of big breath, time fatigue. Well, I know we're getting a little bit ahead, or I'm getting <laughs> a little bit ahead by saying this, but we'll definitely tell you about our altitude sickness situation that we experienced when we hiked Rainbow Mountain here in Cusco. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And I think fair enough to say all of us experienced it, even though we were taking altitude sickness pills. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you should know is that Cusco is a big meat eating destination, but it is perfectly easy to to experience the city as a vegetarian. I know. know. Firsthand, when I was vegetarian for six months, it worked out. I didn't eat any guinea pigs. <laughs> do they have guinea pigs? Or little alpacas. Yeah, they did. Oh, I didn't even realize. Guinea you pig, alpaca, beef. Did we? No. You <laughs> ate. It's just like that shrimp they fed me in China. You know what? I would have eaten anything. <laughs> and as Jamal said earlier, the weather does vary. So you should pack for both warm and cold. There are some days that are very warm and there are going to be some days that might be a little chilly. You know who didn't pack? For the cold weather, even though we're in the Andes Mountains, Zena. What? Zena didn't pack for it. I don't she believe that. <laughs> Look at him putting me on blast. I like am that putting you on. Lies. I am putting you on blast because I love you, Zena. But you never learn from experience. It's just like you always think, "No, I'll be fine," and then you don't pack the appropriate clothing, even though you know better. I know. I did roll the dice. I didn't bring gloves, and I did end up having to buy gloves. You also didn't bring a warm jacket. And had to buy a poncho. <laughs> that is so right. Oh my God. I wish I brought jackets. I don't know what I was thinking. But you know who did come prepared? You guys? Us three. The mom and dad of the group. And of Kim. Course. And Kim. Mm-hmm. Prepared. She's our firstborn child. <laughs> <laughs> the native language in Peru is Spanish. And a lot of people do speak English, so it's pretty easy to get around. We had even tour guides that spoke English, the hostel people, most restaurant owners we could get by. Yeah. I taught Kim a uh, Spanish sentence That's for so when true. she was negotiating for things. What did I teach you, Kim? Um, one of it was demasiado cado. Ah, uh, demasiado cara. <laughs> or caro. caro and then the other was, uh, necesito más barata. Something like that. I need something more cheaper. Yeah, I need a lower price, and then that's too expensive. Demasiado caro. Demasiado caro. Caro. I said it to a shop owner, and she laughed, <laughs> so she got it. <laughs> Did you get a lower price? No. She was hard. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. <laughs> The big square in the city is called Plaza de Armas. And one thing to know is just like Times Square in New York City, everything around that area is going to be much more expensive to eat at. So if you want to eat a block or two away, you're going to find cheaper prices. And the currency is a Peruvian sole, but even though you may get more expensive prices closer to those tourist areas, you actually get a pretty good exchange rate for the U.S. dollar at least. And it was a very affordable place to be. And muy, muy, muy importante, what is the drinking policy like? (laughs) It's free to drink in the park. Open alcohol containers. Nice. Just don't get too wild, I guess. Zane is saying this because if any of our listeners remember from episode 10, the Inca Trail, we did talk about how the night before the trail in Cusco, we picked up some beer and sat on a public park bench and just enjoyed a final drink. So that's what Zane is referencing. One thing I notice about most other places that we visit outside of the U.S., they have public spaces where people actually do hang out. Parks, benches, squares, plazas. Like, we don't have that as much around here. And I think that's one of the coolest things about other places. Really? You don't go to the park and chill? Mm, Here? Not usually. But even in New York City, it's more common. It's just not common here. Yeah, I think when we were in Albania... 
Jamal and I walked by a park and it was filled and it was like 7, 8 p.m. at night. And we're like, yeah. oh, wow. Everyone was being social. Everyone has, mm-hmm. was having a good time. Everyone's nightlife gets started at 8, 9 p.m. And by li- nightlife, I'm not even talking about drinking. I'm just talking about socializing outside. Dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what happens when you don't have a good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> One last thing I want to talk about before we really get into the episode is because of the altitude, they give you upon arrival coca leaves. And coca leaves are derived from the cocaine plant. And so you chew on the leaves and it helps prevent the side effects of the altitude sickness. And in fact, as soon as you land, they're waiting for you there at the airport with baskets full of coca leaves. Yeah, you can just chew some raw leaves. I did upon arrival, but obviously even though it's the leaf and the end product once it's refined is cocaine obviously it's not at those type of levels or anything like that it's not going to get you high might make you a little numb maybe a little bit (laughs) but suppress your appetite a little that it will just as well but again none of the crazy side effects as if it was refined down to cocaine it does help the process of alleviating the altitude sickness and on top of that beyond just chewing straight leaves which you will see a lot of people doing they also have coca tea everywhere everywhere i love coca tea it was so good it was enjoyable i had it every day (laughs) yep absolutely multiple times a day actually Hey squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Travel Squad Podcast at liquidiv.com. Hey, squaddies, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian Island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you, so all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. 
So as soon as you land, they're going to give you the coca leaves when you get off the airplane, and then you're going to need to get to your hostel. You're going to need to get to your hotel. So you will need to book a taxi, hail a taxi, but you can't do it. You're going to have to order it there at the airport. Then they will hail it for you. We chose to stay at the Parawana Hostel in Cusco. And why did we pick it? It had free breakfast. That's always good. It did have free breakfast. I I just guessed. I really don't know. Well, that was one of them, but it was ranked like number one or two on Hostel World just as well. And it was also ranked one of the top party hostels in Cusco. Was it? It was. And it was in a really good location. It was very close to Plaza de Armas. It was close to Alpaca Tours. I think it was also close to Marco's office. (laughs) (laughs) we didn't know that yet though (laughs) dot 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 it's coming guys wait for that one (laughs) and if you guys have never stayed in a hostel there are a few things to keep in mind we have a few tips for you so i i believe i was the one that booked this hostel which isn't surprising (laughs) well i think we all agreed that we wanted to stay in a hostel that we didn't want anything too expensive we were only there to get acclimated there's a lot of travelers within Cusco themselves who are going to be hiking the trail so we just thought it would be a good kind of camaraderie experience to be in a hostel in Cusco and just that type of environment this was my first hostel experience same for me same for me Zane is a hostel veteran though (laughs) yes yes I've stayed in plenty of hostels so we booked a room that could sleep six people and so there's four of us so there was you know two open beds and occasionally we did have people stay in our room but this hostel had the option to book the six bed room with a conjoined bathroom so you had a private bathroom for the six of us comes in clutch in the middle of the night yeah and just for anyone who's unfamiliar with how hostels work a lot of them or most of them i should say you don't have your own private bathroom it's a communal bathroom sometimes they're even unisex but some hostels do have rooms that have specific private bathrooms you obviously will have to pay a little bit more for it but that little bit more i think is well worth it if you're just going for the convenience and if you're doing a group of people that you're actually traveling with Yes. When I was younger, I used to stay in hostels all the time. So I've stayed in rooms where you have the bathroom in there, where you don't have the bathroom in there. And let me tell you, the older you get, pay for that convenience to have that bathroom in your room. What else do you need to know about the bathroom at the hostel? Oh my God. Great question. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this isn't just for this hostel. It's for most of like South America and even parts of Mexico, but you don't flush toilet paper down the toilet. You actually have to put it in the garbage bin next to the toilet so when we got there and i read the sign that you can't flush the toilet paper down the toilet and this is our first big trip together i'm thinking shit what if someone has to take a crap <laughs> and, then does happen. and then we have to just pile up this poopy toilet paper <laughs> in the we survive space. though the hostel comes in i think like three times a day and cleans out your trash can so don't be intimidated other perks that the hostel had were things like yoga they had a ping pong table that turned into a beer pong table our first night there they had laundry which came in clutch Yes, because as we mentioned before, we used this as a hub before we went on the Inca Trail. So we did wash a few things the night before we left, and that was amazing. Yeah, and on top of that, this hostel had a bar and a restaurant. So we know we said breakfast was included, but after breakfast, they have a bar in there, obviously 
you'll have to pay for your own drinks and a restaurant as well. Again, anything past breakfast is not going to be complimentary. You have to pay and relatively good food and inexpensive. I mean, obviously there's a little bit more of a markup than if you were to go outside because it's in the hostel, a little bit convenient, but all in all still very inexpensive to do that. So just really convenient. And what's really cool about the hostel is rather than going out to someplace to find what to do, they have plenty of brochures there so they can guide you on companies that are going to come pick you up for things and just where to go and what to do. That came in handy on one of the things that we did. Yes, it was. Because what did we do? Then? What was it that day or no, the next day? No, it wasn't that day. We're telling you about upon arrival at the hostel, just kind of our experience. But we got in midday. We didn't really do much other than just explore around the hostel and city area ourselves the first night. But then the next morning we woke up because we wanted to do the free walking tour that started at Plaza de Armas. I love free walking tours because, not because it's free guys, but because the person doing the tour is working for tips So he knows that he can make an unlimited amount of money. So they will make it as great as they can in order to get those tips. Whereas when you do pay for a walking tour, they're not necessarily as inclined to make it as memorable. And this is just my personal opinion. The tour company that we ended up going with in the Plaza de Armas was freewalkingperutours.com. And we saw this cute Peruvian boy out there in a bright blue shirt just waiting for his tourists to come and join his group. And so he took us on a really memorable experience through Cusco, if I do say so myself. I was going to say more memorable for some than others, but nonetheless, (laughs) good tour all around. Exactly. But yeah, like Zena was saying, super knowledgeable. He had so much history and just like interesting things about how the city was shaped kind of like a puma and took us to this amazing market where we ended up staying and getting smoothies that were amazing. He took Best mango smoothie he ever. He took pictures of us and showed us cool viewpoints. He took us to a place where we could feed llamas and we got pictures of llamas, our first llama experience in Cusco. At least here we didn't have to tip the people to take the photos, I don't believe, right? (laughs) But when you see them elsewhere around the city, if you're going to take a photo with a llama or an alpaca, they're definitely going to charge you. But where he took us on here, we didn't have to. But obviously we felt inclined to tip some of the people that were allowing us to take the photos with their alpaca. And when Jamal says charge you, really, they're just going to open their palm and expect money. So it's not like a set price. That's true. And Plaza de Armas is in the middle of the city, but around the city is, you know, a whole bunch of residential areas and a whole bunch of streets that go uphill. And he took us up a set of stairs that had a beautiful lookout of all of Cusco, surrounded by the mountains and we're looking into the valley. But he also gave us a tip at this point because he handed out maps while we were walking and he told us that we continued up the stairs. We could make it all of the way to Cristo Blanco. And I remembered that because that's something we wanted to do and we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but I would just want to keep that in mind that he gave us a way to get up to Cristo Blanco without having to pay to get there. So he ended our tour at the Mercado San Blas, which is where we got those amazing smoothies. And he's standing there and he's saying his goodbyes to all of us. We're about to part our ways. And he's like, I'm on WhatsApp if any of you want to chat for some reason. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll WhatsApp you. I'm like, you know, semi-newly single and out of the country for one of the first 
times, feeling fun. <laughs> Jamal, what did you see Marco doing a little bit earlier while we were on tour? Oh, he and... looked at someone on the street who he clearly knew, and the person on the street gave him like a thumbs up. And I think it was just because of all the foreign women that were on that <laughs> tour. And then Marco saw the thumbs up given to him by the person he knew. And then he kind of gave a little chuckle gesture and a little air pound, if you know what I mean. Or air air pound thrust. (laughs) I remember at one point too, we were in a room and he was showing us stuff and he made some kind of comment about being single. And then I was like, oh my God, Kim, you're single too. And Kim (laughs) looked at me horrified. (laughs) (laughs) that I just did that to her. But then he looks at Kim and he's like, oh, okay. But, you know, you got to put it out there. Maybe Zana broke the original ice between Kim and Marco, possibly. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was half joking about all of that, but then he ended up adding all of our pictures like he does with every tour onto Facebook. And so I commented on one like, oh, we look cute together. It's like a group picture where he's next to me. (laughs) Like, that's as far as my game goes, guys. (laughs) Apparently worked. Yeah, it apparently worked because we ended up hanging out, I think, later that night went out for a drink but not before (laughs) he says hey linda oh that's right his facebook message says hey linda and the three of us the three girls at least were sitting around kim's phone because this is the most exciting thing happening on our trip right now (laughs) i'm like guys he just said hey linda and she's like oh my god that's not my name that's my grandma's name (laughs) and i was horrified for kim because i'm like i can't even believe it facebook told him (laughs) what your name is. That's ridiculous. He's getting all the girls from the tours mixed up. I know. And then I chimed in. Yeah, it says the name. Like you were saying, Zana, he can't even see that. He's juggling so many women from his walking (laughs) tours that he can't distinguish who he's talking to at this time. And then later on. Months. later. Wait, no, no. What did Kim say? Kim said, hey, my name's not Linda. I I think I said that's my grandma's name. And he said, sorry. And he just let it go. And then months later, Brittany had an epiphany. And what did you realize, Brittany? That Linda means beautiful. In Spanish. In Spanish. (laughs) And so he was saying, hey, beautiful. But I think what confused us was he said, hey, in English. And then he said, Linda, which is in Spanish. So we were so confused. He said, hola. I think we would have gotten it from the get-go. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think the other (laughs) thing, too, is you have to remember, we're not hearing him say it, right? So for us, we're reading, hey, Linda, whereas in Spanish, I'm sure if he said it, it would have been like, hey, Linda. I can't do a Spanish accent, but you know what I mean? Like, the I is an E. So if any women out there are flirting with any Spanish-speaking men, Linda is beautiful. Hermosa, beautiful. Pro tips right here. Beautiful. (laughs) Those are good things. Yeah, so we ended up meeting up later, going out for a drink, having a really nice time, super cool guy. And (laughs) the last story I'll say is that on the way back, we were about to leave, needed to go back to the hostel. He's like, oh, let's stop by my office. I got to pick up some paperwork. (laughs) I'm like, all right, whatever. It's on the way. And we go in there and I guess we started making out, you know, it's yeah. And (laughs) file that paperwork, Kim. We left a little while, you know, just an innocent makeout, but we left a little while later and no paperwork was ever picked up. (laughs) (laughs) He gave you an extra personalized tour, apparently. Exactly. Exactly. VIP tour. 
So I highly recommend, guys. Thank you, Marco. <laughs> but one thing I know we were talking about Kim's love story in Cusco, which is always my enjoyable. First, this is actually my first international love experience. I know. And it, it's awesome, guys. I highly recommend hoes in different area codes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I loved? The next day we were walking around Cusco and we run into him with a new crowd and Jamal goes up to the crowd and he's like, guys, Marco's awesome. He's the best. What a great tour guide. Little do they know. Truth. Truth. Like I was saying, I know we were talking about Kim's Latin lover down in Cusco, (laughs) but as we did mention, he ended the tour at the San Blas market. And I just want to say this is a very underrated market. They have a more famous one in Cusco, which is called the Mercado Central de San Pedro, which is actually the largest market in Cusco. And it sells everything from, you know, vendors where you can buy ponchos, gloves, food, etc. But the San Blas market where we had ended with Marco, very underrated. It's definitely a lot smaller, but I liked it because it's more food oriented. So that's where we got those delicious smoothies. And if you're looking for more traditional style, like food to eat from vendors, that's a very good place to go other than the main market of San Pedro. So later that night, we went out to dinner, and let me tell you something. Brittany and I both got the exact same thing, and we got it because you got a free Pisco Sour with it, which is the traditional drink. It's like Peru's national drink, is it not? Yes. Yes. You've got to try one when you're there. Unless you're Zena. (laughs) So the Pisco Sour has raw egg whites in it. I don't know if that's what got me sick or what. I don't know. But I mean, it could have been the food, right? But later that night, I woke up at one in the morning, I think it was. And I puked my guts out. And I woke up and I nursed Zena back to health. She did. She did. All I had was Tums. But I was like, here you go. Pat her on the back. Put her back to bed. (laughs) It was terrible you guys i felt so sick and it was worse knowing that i was gonna have to wake up at three because we were getting picked up at 3 30 and i'm talking in the morning i'm like puking my guts out at 1 a.m have to wake up at 3 a.m to get picked up at 3 30 a.m to start the next day that's okay guys i'm a member of the nsot squad i can hack it i can do it <laughs> and as we mentioned earlier, our hostel, again, advertises for tours or things going on outside of the city or around the city. And one of the things that they were advertising was a tour of Rainbow Mountain. So we booked it directly with the hostel. And so they come to the hostel to pick you up in the morning. But Zaina got so sick, she thought she was going to sit out. And I thought, no, you can't sit this one out. This is our prep hike for the Inca Trail. It would have been the worst thing in the world because it was an all-day thing. Like, I, I don't think we got back that day until, what, 9 p.m. or something? And I just <laughs> it was thought, an all-day thing. I remember, like, walking the trail or riding the horse or the donkey on the trail, <laughs> whatever it was that we rode, and just thinking, I am so glad I am not stuck in the hostel right now because that would have sucked. So, Jamal, I think you should tell everyone what Rainbow Mountain is because it's an amazing place. Yeah, I'm a big nature fan, geology fan, it's And this is something that I had never even actually heard of, had no clue that it was even in Peru. So Rainbow Mountain is the English name, if you will, but the local name of the mountain is Vinicunca Mountain. And basically it's a high elevation mountain in the Andes mountain chain. And it gets the name Rainbow Mountain because of all its colors. There's reds, there's turquoises, there's oranges, there's hints of blue, etc. And it gets these colors 
propellers formations because of all the unique minerals that are in the dirt, sand, whatever you want to call it, on the mountain. And if I'm not mistaken, the only other place in the world where they actually have a mountain that has these type of different colored striations through it is in China. So unless you're going to be in China, the only other place you can see a mountain like this is in Peru outside of Cusco. And on top of that, again, it is in the Andes and it's really, really high elevation. The trail that we started hiking started at an altitude of 14,189 feet and it reaches a maximum altitude of 17,060 feet. So if you recall earlier when I said we all experienced altitude sickness, it's because we were up in the 17,000 feet range. Yeah. Crazy. And we weren't planning on doing this, but again, like Brittany said, the hostel was selling the tour and we agreed to do it. It's three hours away. So we're like, this is amazing spur of the moment plans, which is pretty cool. But the only reason we agreed to do it, knowing we had a huge hike coming up at the Inca Trail, was that they offered horseback riding through the mountains. We're like, perfect. We don't have to hike it. We'll just hike on these horsebacks and ride up the mountain. No problem. And one thing to know is we <laughs> so chose... So misleading. Exactly. So misleading. <laughs> we chose to do this two days before we went on the Inca Trail hike. So we figure, let's do this. This will be a big day. And then we can have an easy day the next day to rest. Keep yeah. that in mind. But before we got to Rainbow Mountain, I just want to ask, does anyone remember the bus ride? to Rainbow Mountain. Oh my God, that was so sketchy. And the shenanigans so of that. Sketchy. And we were about to start talking without going over breakfast. I just want to mind you guys on that. <laughs> we can't forget the story of breakfast up Free there. breakfast though. Yes, yes. yes. But wait, before we had breakfast, we were on that bus and I was, remember guys, I was sick at one in the morning. So this is like all between 3.30 to 6.30 a.m. before we get there. And I remember we we're going through windy, windy roads, high elevation and it cliffs. just- Cliffs. It's crazy. Signs like, of cliffs. <laughs> I feel like we could have fallen off the cliff at any time and I'm just sitting in my seat, closing my eyes, thinking to myself, what am I doing today? What am I doing today? What am I doing today? I feel like I'm going to be sick. We almost did fall off the cliff because <laughs> it, it was going up little hills that were like switchbacks, little zigzags up and back. And as we made a turn, I think one of the wheels, our back right wheel had gone over the edge just a little bit and we were able to catch it to go because does no one really I remember, remember that? I remember another bus had to stop and people had to get off so that, they could cross a certain spot. And that, they had to push the van. People they the had bus to were push pushing. the van. That's when we were leaving and luckily it was such a long day and we were all so tired we saw that and I know that's a really shitty thing to say because if it was me I would want the help but I was thinking to myself please God do not stop, do not stop. <laughs> <laughs> so another bus had a little breakdown and we didn't bother to stop we kind of continued on but i do remember that as well but that was all the way back down only one other couple got the horses with us and they were on the bus that had to push and i remember looking out the window and seeing them push the bus <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's us <laughs> remember that that's yeah I do you guys remember do. the traffic jam on the mountain too yeah yes. it was a traffic with jam of alpacas <laughs> it was a herd of alpacas in our way it literally stopped the bus for maybe about five minutes because it was a giant herd just crossing the alpacas road alpacas are everywhere around cusco why did the alpaca cross the road we don't know <laughs> oh, i thought it was a joke and i was eagerly anticipating the punchline it is a joke <laughs> but yeah so i mean that was just some of the bus shenanigans to get up there i mean these are reputable tour companies no need to be afraid but with anything stuff can happen and that's just some of our little fun stories of that but breakfast was included so who loved that breakfast when we got there I mean, I know I did. Well, one, 
It was freezing. I just want to say we got picked up at three pretty much in the morning. It took about three hours to get there. Let's just say at the latest it was 6.30. So 6.30 in the morning, it's always already still cold, let alone being in the Andes Mountains at 14,000 feet. That's one of the coldest environments I've ever been in. I don't even think I was colder when I was in Alaska (laughs) or anywhere else. When I was there, it was freezing. And when I was giving Zane a shit earlier for coming unprepared, she came unprepared with no freaking gloves. Or a jacket. And she was throwing a shit fit, and I just didn't want to hear her complain. I didn't throw a shit fit. I was just complaining oh. that it was cold. Oh, <laughs> Zane had a freak out? And I didn't, though. Zane <laughs> had a freak out. Anyway, I- nonetheless, I gave Zane my gloves just so she would stop. So I'm sitting there freezing, but for breakfast, they put us in this kind of, I don't want to say it's a shed, because it is... It's more like a barn. Yeah, it is somewhat part of someone's home that lives up there of the villagers. It's a barn with absolutely no sunlight. And so <laughs> <laughs> they brought out some rolls with butter, and obviously there was other stuff that was Was just, that not the best solid butter you've ever oh eaten? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you couldn't even butter your roll. It was frozen solid. It was a frozen butter block. That's what we got for breakfast. It was good. Great. It was like taking it out of the freezer. What am I going to do with this? I can't do anything with it. But the rolls were delicious. We put jam on it too. Jammed it up. Mm-hmm. Jam was good. Jam was good. What else did they have? Take us through the spread. <laughs> I don't remember too much. I just remember there was a little something <laughs> other than just rolls, hard butter, and jam. But I actually don't remember what else was there. And neither do I, but I, I know there was. We don't remember it because we're so caught up on that butter. Like you just couldn't spread it. You tried to spread it and it just disintegrated your roll with your knife. It was just so cold. It's colder in that building than it is outside. And outside, it's like the coldest that you've ever been. But after that lovely breakfast, we got to the hiking. And they gave us a little orientation of the hike. Not that there was really anything much to it other than getting altitude sickness. But this was the time where they gave us the opportunity to purchase the so-called horses. I'm going to call BS on that. These were like mules. <laughs> you know, our hands shot up and he said, who wants a horse? We all raised our hand. All we're like, yeah, let's ride a horse. And then what happened with that? Then he makes us hike because he's like, you can't get on the horses yet. This is a hard part. And we're like, what? And this first part of the hike, do you remember it? You know what I remember? Just backing up a little bit is our tour guide told us, follow me follow me and then he ran (laughs) up the hill do you guys remember that yes this is like this is what kim is talking trying to keep up with him plus the altitude i was hiking plenty at that point working out and i couldn't walk two steps without being out of breath and feeling like i'd never worked out in my life i thought he was gonna leave us because (laughs) we were just like walking so fucking slow and we hadn't even got to the part where we could get on the horses yet i'm like wait yeah, and it's so me. deceiving. I mean, they tell you get on a horse. Again, I just want to say, I feel like they weren't horses. I feel like they were mules because they were definitely like little mini ponies, number one. Well, I'm only 5'2", so it felt like a horse to me. Well, for me, being <laughs> a little bit taller at six feet, it definitely was a little bit uncomfortable. But I mean, I got to think of it from that perspective. These are the horses of the villagers who live in the mountains. In the Andes, they're not very tall people just in general. They're shorter. So Zayn and I are taller people in comparison to Kim and Brittany. So we're riding it. And I just know I barely fit in the saddle. (laughs) And so it's already semi-upsetting because I'm just like, yeah, we're going to ride the horse. I'll do the hard stuff. But no, they wouldn't even let you ride the horse during the hard parts. They make you get on him only on the easy flat parts. And then when I'm on him, I'm regretting the fact that I even bought it because now it's a waste of money because my butt is so sore from the saddle. (laughs) Oof. 
And I just want to point out too that you don't just get a horse. You get a horse with its owner. So not only are you on the horse, but the owner is walking the horse. We thought we were just going to ride up the mountain. <laughs> Gallop up the mountain. <laughs> and this guy <laughs> is having to hike this mountain with us. Because we, while we're on a horse. While we're on a horse. He's like telling us at the hard ports, yeah, you have to get off. It's too hard on the horse for you to be on it still. It was a waste. Yeah. I don't rent the horse. <laughs> I definitely don't feel bad that he had to walk it with it. And you say like he hiked while we rode. No, we all hiked at the same time. We only got to ride it when it was flat. <laughs> so we <laughs> strolled with him. Right. <laughs> we and, hiked together. And then our owners kind of separated us too. So there were some parts I was even by myself with this man and a horse. Or a mule. <laughs> I thought that you and Brittany were together the entire... I don't know, because mm-hmm. Jamal and I were more behind. And I know that Jamal and I, I don't think we ended up getting separated. And then I had to ask my owner if she can help readjust the stirrups. Because Jamal and I are very, very tall. So it didn't really give us length to put our feet into it. So we were crunched on the horse. So they had to adjust it. But even though they adjusted it as much as they could, we were still crunched. And I just remember looking over at Jamal and eventually Jamal and I got off the horse and we decided not even to ride it because it was like it makes your ass so sore well we decided that on the way back <laughs> you know when they were like you want to get on I'm just like well one it's all downhill now and two no <laughs> like it definitely hurts yeah. but um minus the horse story Rainbow Mountain itself was beautiful just being in that landscape so as much as fun as we're having talking about the mishaps with the horse the environment itself was just beautiful out there before we get to the beauty part let's talk about the ugly part what were the bathrooms like guys <laughs> they were again hole in the grounds like we talk about in a lot of episodes <laughs> expect a hole in the ground to piss in. This was legit, like a dirt hole dug out with a shovel. With like a shed around it. T- like a fabric like, shed. Fabric shed. It's <laughs> not like a teepee. It was a teepee. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. My experience with the bathroom, when you finally get to the big part of Rainbow Mountain that is the big photograph place, it's a very hard hike, almost vertical, straight up it. So I rough it out. I think I was the first one that got there. I get all the way up there and then I have to pee uncontrollably bad. <laughs> and I cannot stop. So I have no choice but to go down. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going back up. (laughs) It took me like half an hour just to walk this short distance because it was so hard. I think you and I got there together and then Jamal and Zena arrived to where you start hiking up to the viewpoint later. And I remember looking at Jamal and he was walking so slow (laughs) and his lips were turning blue. Um, Yeah, honestly, like what Kim's talking about, the last little part where you go up, been a little dramatic, I wouldn't say vertical, but definitely steep. It was definitely steep, but it's only about 150 feet in terms of like the length. But you're at such a high altitude and you're already exhausted from what you did before at the lower altitude. So I was only able to take about five, 10 steps at a time, baby steps, mind you, before I had to stop and take like a five minute break. No exaggeration. You just run out of breath. You can't breathe. You're physically exhausted. And this was the most altitude sick I felt the entire time. And we'd already been taking altitude pills for a few days. Mm -hmm. Two days. We had been taking them for two or three days. I was with you, Jamal, when we were doing the vertical ascend right there at the top. And even when you say five to 10 steps, I think you're over exaggerating. I think it was more like five steps and then a five minute break. <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously I'm teasing, but like really it's bad if you're not used to that type of altitude. Well worth it for the view though. Really beautiful up there. And you know what they, extremely. And, yeah. You know what they sold at the top? Beer. 
Yeah. And I wanted one so <laughs> bad because I thought that sounds so good. But then my brain thought better of it. And I thought to myself, it sounds good. But the way I'm feeling right now, I don't even know how this is going to make me feel like I'm just going to cut it out. The wind is out of control on top, too, because you're so high. Freezing. Yeah, yeah, but this is the part that you see in all the pictures that you see the mountain come up to its point on both sides. It's rainbow colors and it's a rainbow mountain. It's really, really pretty. And you really are at the top at that point, but they do have a section where you can veer off and go even higher. Well, that's true. We tried to do that to just get a little bit better of a view. And then after a few steps, we said, fuck I it. Think we're we too made it about <laughs> I didn't even go with you guys. I said, have fun. And I waited for you at the top. I tried it with Brittany and she says halfway, but I don't think we could maybe quarter of the way okay but we attempted it and then we both looked at each other and we're like i think we're good still get good pictures from that first yeah. part that you get to yeah though just the wind and the cold and the altitude was just out of control and we're like all right this is the best we got because if you can imagine how strong the wind was there how much more stronger is it going to be if you venture even higher and it wasn't like a guarded off pathway up. It's the tip of a mountain. You're 100% <laughs> completely exposed. Mm -hmm. I think round trip, this trail was about 10 kilometers. Yeah, so not too long mileage wise, actually, when you think about it. Out and back or one way? Out and back. It just took a long time because of how slow people are moving. And I was even thinking to myself, oh man, I'm so tired from this last little bit. I'm so excited to ride the horse now. There's going to be no hard parts. <laughs> it's all flat or either downhill. And then, like we said earlier, my butt was just hurting so bad from that small little saddle that it was more inconvenient and uncomfortable for me to ride it. So I walked all the way down yeah, at that I point. I gave it maybe about 15 minutes before I said, fuck this. I don't want to ride it anymore. You know, we thought we were good going downhill until we had to walk back up the hill to get to their bus. It looks so close. <laughs> but you have to continue to go uphill to get to the bus and... That altitude hits you again. Yeah, we. I think we all decided, let's sit down and just rest. Yeah. We, we started to walk. We're like, fuck, let's just get to the bus. It'll be so nice to sit on it. We attempted to walk to the bus, took about five steps, and we're like, how does sitting down sound? <laughs> and we all sat down <laughs> for a little bit. Let's take a power break. And remember, the bus isn't like more than 200 feet away from us. It is right there in front of us, but it's just so exhausting to walk to it. Yeah. I think we all slept on our way back to Cusco. No I, one got any pictures of anyone sleeping with their mouth open? I think we were all pretty tired. The only... <laughs> The scenic adventures I remember on the bus ride going home again is seeing the other bus have to push themselves <laughs> from getting stuck. <laughs> we must have fallen asleep after that. <laughs> no, well, it was like literally at the bottom of the yeah. mountain of where the actual road is before you even got back on the main highway. So after that exhausting day, we thought, oh my God, our next day, we're going to have an easy day. Yeah. So we were like, okay, it's going to be an easy day. We're just going to go to the chocolate museum. We're going to go to Cristo Blanco. And I thought we were going to kind of go to the base of it. It, but soon to find out later, it's going to be a hike up. But Chocolate Museum, Cristo Blanco, we thought, oh, this can't be too hard. Nice, easy day after that long hike. Easy day. But remember when we did our walking tour with Marco, he made the comment that to get to Cristo Blanco, if you want to do it for free, you can walk up. And Brittany remembered those lovely facts. Yeah, of course she did. I did. So I used my map to make us a trail to the top. But before we went, we did stop at the Chocolate Museum and we we had chocolate shots. Yeah, they gave us a tour. We didn't make any chocolate, but at the end of the tour... You gotta try chocolate, though. Yes, we did. At the end of the tour, there's a guy behind the bar 
with all this chocolate liqueur. And what do we do? Take chocolate shots. Not only that, but we go behind the bar and the man <laughs> is pouring the chocolate liqueur in our mouth and he's saying, let me know when to stop and he's free pouring it. He called Jamal back there first. So Jamal <laughs> went back there and I don't think Jamal really knew what was going on. He told him to put his head back. Open your mouth. <laughs> and you know, this is, Jamal is a very tall guy, overtowering this Get guy. Get on your knees. Yeah, Jamal's like practically squatting, putting his head back and all of a sudden like the guy just throws all this chocolate liqueur down Jamal's throat. Delicious. So we all got the money shots. (laughs) So we really got jazzed up off that liqueur and decided to go for another hike. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I said it was going to be an easy day. And, you know, with me, that means we're going to do something hard. So immediately we start to go past the Plaza de Armas. And again, behind that's like a residential area and a whole bunch of steps. I really liked that about the neighborhoods there. It was just like stairs upon stairs of neighborhoods tucked away. It's really cool, actually. Yeah, really hilly cities and really walkable. Not a lot of main roads for cars as well. So Very character. Not like what our neighborhoods are like around here. Yeah, it has that unique feel. But before we get any further, we should just let everyone know what Cristo Blanco is. And basically, it's a statue of... Jesus Christ at the top of one of the hills in Cusco overlooking the city. You could almost imagine it like Christ the Redeemer in Rio de Janeiro, but on a much smaller scale, but nonetheless a very famous landmark of the city. And we were planning to do that hike up to it. The hike up is about 500 steps and about a thousand feet above the base of the city. And I'm a long distance runner. And let me tell you something, I felt like I was in shape, but not on those stairs. It took the life out of me. And after that hike up, you know, we have to come back down. So we hiked all the way back down and we wanted to stop at another another market on our way back. So we stopped at the Mercado Central de San Pedro and they had everything that you need there. There were clothing, souvenirs, chocolate, avocados, everything you need. It was a big market you can go to. So we went and stopped there and we picked up the biggest chocolate bar ever and we were going to split it four ways. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I saw that on our show notes and I didn't really remember it. But now that you say that, oh my goodness, yes. We were so excited for it. And it wasn't good. It It was like a bitter chocolate and it was disgusting. No sugar. The worst. But we also picked up avocados and I was worried because, you know, when you get an avocado in the United States and it's soft, you think they might be bad. Yeah, but it was bright green, which makes you would think it's not ripe right so it we was were tripping really us con- out yeah we were really <laughs> confused and we open it up let me tell you it was the best perfect avocado i've ever eaten they were super good but not only that they were so big they were like the size of ostrich eggs i mean they were ginormous yeah we <laughs> one avocado could go for feed a family we just ate it as a snack it was really good and you know just here in the states haas avocados are the main ones and they're really good but they had nothing compared to these ones best avocado of my life it really was That's why we're talking about it. (laughs) And it was our last night in Cusco before we left for the Inca Trail. So Kim had looked up a Thai food place 
that she wanted to go eat at. So that's what we had for dinner. Which was also vegetarian. It was called Indigo Grill. Indigo Grill. What do you think of that Thai food, Kim? You know, I I do consider myself a Thai food connoisseur. Best Thai food ever is in San Diego Thai Village. And I've been to Thailand. So my Thai food palate is very refined. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say that because you only started eating Thai food. At your wedding. At my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but this Thai food... Uh, it was okay. Kim loves it so much. Whenever we go places, it's her go-to. Like, let's look to see if they have Thai food. And so she Googled do. it and she saw Thai food Cusco. And I'm thinking to myself, how can she not see all the possibilities for this to go wrong? Yeah, yet she still wanted to eat there. So we went and as a whole, it wasn't terrible. I mean, it just wasn't very good. But I think the most memorable thing about the experience at the restaurant wasn't the food. It was the fact that we all ordered at the same time and each one of our meals came 10, 15 minutes after each other. And we ordered an appetizer that came out last after all the entrees. And we had to ask about it too. She had no idea what we were talking about. (laughs) The Pisco Sours were good because I came back there another night with Marco and they were great. (laughs) Oh, you went back to Indigo Girl with Marco, Yeah, yeah, on our last night in the city. Look at that. But that was after we got back from the Inca Trail. Yes. So like I said, that was our last night in Cusco. We did go on the Inca Trail. So again, go back to episode 10 where we talk about it. One last thing to note is because Cusco is a big hub for going onto the Inca Trail, we were able to leave our luggage at our hostel, which was great. Your hostel is expecting you to leave your luggage there too. I guess we should also mention though that we went on the Inca Trail, but then we came back to Cusco for one more night. One more night. Yeah. We didn't want to push it with the flights and whatnot. So we just wanted one more night in the city and we wanted to get massages after the trail. Mm-hmm, because everywhere in Cusco, they're asking if you want a massage. There's a lot of massage places and they're super cheap. So our last night, we were like, let's treat ourselves. Let's get a legitimate hotel. So the four of us got a hotel room at Hotel Rojas Inn, which it was, was fancy as fuck. So no hostel this time. Oh my gosh. This place, it had a double fringe door and we opened our room. We were like, oh my God, <laughs> we should have stayed here the whole time. No, it was nice. It was a real Spanish style hotel mm-hmm. within the city. Made it really interesting. And it was right behind Plaza de Armas. So very easy to get to. And what else did it have free breakfast fuck yeah free breakfast (laughs) okay so i chose to fly out of cusco i think my flight was like 7 a.m or something like that so i had to leave the hotel at 5 a.m so i didn't get to enjoy the breakfast Mm. so please guys for me and all of our beautiful listeners out there take us through the spread so they did have good coffee fruit rolls eggs yeah Ooh, bacon it was so good was nice. Coca tea. You missed out on your favorite part. I know you love yeah. yourself a breakfast. That's okay. You know what? Every time you say no to something, you say yes to something else. So no to the last day there in Cusco and yes to dinner in Mexico City with Nicole that night. That's true. That's why you had left early. Right. So I got to Mexico City. So I had six hours there. I had dinner with Nicole and we hatched our next trip, which was Mexico City and episode one. Right. While you guys had breakfast and massages. You didn't get a massage? No. I didn't 
because we Mm-mm. got done with the Inca Trail midday. By the time we got the train back, we checked into the hotel. It was evening. Mm-hmm. Like 10 o'clock. Zaina was going to bed because she had to wake up early. So we really didn't do anything. I went out. Well, I know you went out, Kim. I didn't I, even I, sleep in our hotel room. I when I woke know, up. I didn't even know if you were going to share that story. But nonetheless, we <laughs> When went. I woke up. To go to the airport, Kim wasn't even in the room. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't even really do anything that night. And by we, I mean me. Mom and Brittany, dad. Yeah. <laughs> me, Brittany, and Zaina. Kim had gone out. Zaina had left. And the massages were the day we were leaving for the airport. But we had like a mid-afternoon flight. So we had the time to do the massages the day we were leaving. Brittany, how was your massage? <laughs> <laughs> so we got massages for six American dollars. So mm-hmm. expensive. And they bring us into a room. Room and it's a triples massage. <laughs> <laughs> all three of us are lined up on the massage bed tables, and all of a sudden, I feel two hands on me, and then just one hand. So I look back and I'm like, What's going on? And the lady is text messaging on her phone in one hand and massaging me with the other. <laughs> Certified masseuse. I was gonna ask, Did I even get a massage? You did, yeah. Did I go in with you, you did. Guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, I vaguely remember. I know you guys got the massages, but I'm just trying to remember my massage experience. But what I remember the most is obviously hearing that story on how she would have two hands on Brittany, then all of a sudden it would be just one because she would be texting and whatnot. But I mean, I guess what can you expect for $6? But I mean, pretty much that concluded the adventures in Cusco for us. Really nice trip, but again, got a second vacation, if you will, because originally it was for the Inca Trail, but had to get acclimated. So we made do and found nice activities to do and enjoy the city of Cusco. So we're just about out of time, but we do have time left for two more questions that our listeners sent in. The first one for all of us was, what was your favorite thing about Cusco? For me, I would have to say just the history of the city. It was the old capital of the Incas. You can still see amazing, amazing ruins there. And that's one thing that we didn't go too much into detail when we talked about the walking tour, but you just really get to see the fine stonework that the Incas did within the city. And as a matter of fact, you know, this is something that Marco had told us when we were on the tour and he took us to this one specific wall where when the Spanish arrived, they were so dumbfounded on how the Incas could build such intricate wall work without any mortar between it, real fine lines. And so they destroyed some of their walls and tried to rebuild it. And then you can see it. Mm. But mm-hmm. what I found and liked the most was just seeing the Inca ruins. My mind is blown on how they built the structures the way that they did with technology that we have no clue what it was. I would have to agree with Jamal. I think that Marco gave a real in-depth history. And again, we weren't on a tour. We did this on our own. So he really gave the city a lot of perspective that I could really appreciate. And I really enjoyed the history of the city and the walking tour. I would say the free breakfast at the hostel. <laughs> no, I'm that was teasing. good. <laughs> I'm teasing guys. That wasn't my favorite thing. You know, I'm a very sentimental and emotional person. So I don't think that there was any one thing. I think like just the fact that this was our first trip together. I'm just Aww. like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like this is where we were finding our groove, whether or not like we travel well together, figuring things out about each other. Do we travel well together? I think we fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what I mean? Just, I just just think it's the memories together. I also think this is the first trip I realized how good I was at reading maps. 
Yes. You yes. really came into yeah. your own with map reading exactly. on this trip. Now I read maps for us all the time. And then for all you Bachelor Nation fans out there, <laughs> as Jamal rolls his eyes at this one, this is where the two remaining girls met Ari's family there in Cusco, Peru. And it's so exciting to watch it back and know that you went to all those places. I was and you, there. Yeah. And you saw the lady that we took a picture with her llama. That was my favorite thing about Cusco was the culture. Everywhere you walked, you would see those ladies in their traditional clothing with their alpacas, just like things they sold in the markets. And it was just very cultural. And we don't get a lot of that around here. Just good times. Okay. We have time for one last question. You guys ready for this? Give it to us. And we could go on forever on this one, but listeners want to know what the food was like. It was deliciousness. I'll tell you that. I mean, I know we said in our Inca Trail episode, the food on the trail was exceptional. We even said it was better than what we came across in Cusco. But that's not to say that the food in Cusco wasn't good. Their national dish is the lomo saltado, which is a platter of sautéed onions, tomatoes, and beef, either served with french fries and or rice. And that's kind of their national dish. So we had that a lot. But they have a lot of interesting meats. You know, they have guinea pig or alpaca that you can eat and i like to try a lot of this stuff and it was definitely delicious i know some people might say oh those are cute little animals i can't eat them but (laughs) you know they eat them locally over there and i like to try to eat things that the locals eat and it was delicious good food yeah a lot of potatoes corn the soups oh my god the soups i die for soup and they had the best cream soups broth soups veggie soups like i can live off those soups forever give it up for that thai food too huh (laughs) the Thai food was so good. But you know, speaking of that Asian food in Cusco, one thing that I found really interesting that I was not expecting was that there's actually a big Chinese immigrant population in Cusco. And they have a lot of Chinese restaurants that they refer to as chifa. So they have a lot of Chinese and Peruvian influenced dishes in those restaurants. And I Mm -hmm. found that to be so interesting. I wouldn't expect Cusco, Peru to be a hub for Chinese immigrants. Any last thoughts about Cusco, Peru before we say goodbye? I just really enjoyed the trip in general. It was amazing. Yeah, I love the mix of culture, outdoors, things to do, food, people. I love it there. And cheers to our first trip together as a Travel Squad pod. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed learning about Cusco and laughing with us. Please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. And if you aren't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We are talking about how to plan a trip and save money doing it. Oh, yeah. How Gotta to save, save that dollar. Yeah. Bye. 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 Gracias por escuchar.